So if you're brand new with us, and you know what we've been talking about, is Jesus. I want to open up with, uh, well, I don't know how you're going to be okay with this story. Some of you are going to judge me right off the bat. So, so if you're online, don't post anything about this. Uh, so, so I started working out a, a year ago. I had stopped because I just hated it. I don't know if you've ever been there. Uh, and so I had stopped. But about over a year ago, I started, and, and I needed help. Some of you are you're incredibly disciplined, and you just jump right in. That would not be myself. I needed some help. So a guy named Willie Steven, he's a friend of mine, goes to our church. I said, hey, I know you're a trainer. I need your help. Would you help me? He said, sure. So for quite some time now, uh, I show up in the gym on Monday, and, and he tells me what to do. It's a lie if I tell you I love it. I don't, okay? I mean, it, it's, uh, now I don't like to think about the workout or anything. I just, I do what he tells me to do. And, uh, and he's got multiple things he has me do. So here's the, there's stages. And, and the way we do it is there's about five to seven different stages. And, and I just go from one to the other and do about five sets of them. And, and at some point we came up with the idea, let's name these different exercises every week, like this, this set of exercises. And I came up with some great ones. Uh, one of them is called the exorcism. Yeah. If you want to know what we're doing, once the ex, uh, one was called Kettlebell Hell. Now, again, I'm a pastor, so just it's kind of my thinking. Um, one of them, and I'll never forget it, because uh, I, I came up with this all on my own. It was called I Hate You, Willie. That was the whole, I, and it's named, it's in a book. Now, I know some of you should not hate anybody. It was horrible. Well, horrible until this past week. And I was like, hey man, hey Willie, what are we doing? He's like, I've already named it. Sweet, what'd you name it? Death by Dumbbells. <clears throat> I said, Willie, take a picture of this. Now some of you are looking at it like, oh wow, our pastor's a wimp. I mean, this is it? Right, right? No. Oh. <laughs> you start off doing some crunches just, just to do them. Then you hop down, you're doing different kinds of push-ups and throwing dumbbells everywhere, and then you're lifting them up and throwing them, not literally throwing them everywhere. And I remember, I remember doing the first set. And I'm, think, I'm thinking in my head going, there's more sets. We're supposed to do five. And I, I remember sitting for, for the second set, sitting on, on, on the machine that, to do crunches and looking kind of this direction, going, that's really not that far. Why does that hurt so bad? You ever been there where you kind of, you look at, you're like, you know, there's not a, like a whole lot going on here, but there is, and it's, it's full of, of pain. And I, and I gotta tell you, I'm gonna fess up right now. I'm gonna fess just, I believe it was, it was mid-second set. The word quit came to mind. I had lots of options here. I was like, uh, I could lie to him, which was one option, but I thought that's probably not the best one. Uh, um, I was like, you know, I'm probably hurt. If I just sat for a moment, I would feel something that hurts, right? And be like, so then I could uh, like honestly communicate I'm hurt. Maybe not hurt enough to stop, but I could say that. And, and I remember getting done with the second set going, okay, maybe I can do another one. Maybe. But I, you got to know every single one, I'm, I'm thinking of ideas and concepts and excuses to share with Willie going, I, I need to be done. I'm having a heart attack right now. Let's stop. Now, I don't know how you are when you work out. 
Uh, I don't know how you are when you go to work or when you go to school or when you come home. I don't know what life has been like for you, how amazing or how not amazing it's been. But I bet you've had the word quit come to mind before. At a time you didn't want to quit. You knew that you're supposed to be, or whatever it was, I'm supposed to stick with this relationship. I'm supposed to walk through. I'm supposed to accomplish this. I'm not supposed to leave yet kind of a thing. You've had quit. And uh, Jesus, I think, faced the same thing. I'm going to be able to prove it to you. That when he walked through some stuff that I would call difficult, when he walked through some stuff that was, I think, very challenging, he wanted it to be over. If you're right now at the place where you want it to be over, I'm glad you're with us. Do you, want, do you know why we like to quit? I mean, there's, a, there's some of you are like, oh I, oh, I know. I mean, you're going, I know why I want to quit. Right? You, you, I, I can tell you in, in general why. It's because we, we vilify opposition. When you and I have opposition, immediately we begin to yell at the opposition. If you're ever where I work out, you're going to probably hear me saying things to Willie. You're like, pastor should not say that. Right? But, but we've, we vilify opposition. At some moment, we begin to go, yeah, I don't need to do this. I, this is, you are bad. Right? We vilify. We're against it. Especially if it's in, it's in parts of life where you're like, well, working out's good. But, but what about when someone hurts you? And, and we begin to vilify. And, and what happens is we begin to find a victim and, and a villain. We begin to say, like, this opposition going on, uh, they're the bad and I'm, I'm the victim. When we, when we face problems, difficulty, opposition, most of us do not say, this is wonderful. You know that Jesus had a ton of opposition. There's some obvious ones. I want to show you a couple of them, and I, I think... I think this helps us. Let me show you some in the Bible. Jesus, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed the man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies, just stop there, Jesus' enemies, a guy who never hurt anyone, had enemies. If you're, if you're thinking, I should never have enemies, I should never have someone against me, Jesus had enemies. Jesus' enemies watched him closely. Now, if you wonder, like, well, why do they watch? I don't get it. Sabbath, what's the big deal? Well, it was written in the law that on the Sabbath, the one day of the week, you were not allowed to work at all. No working. And yes, they're saying that by Jesus healing a man, they're like, that's work. You went to work, Jesus. And they're trying to call him on it. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. So he does heal him. I love Jesus doesn't listen to his haters. Uh, he healed the guy. I mean, you and I would say, that's amazing. It's not what happened. At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill him. I mean, that's rather extreme. He's facing opposition. I just want you to see that Jesus, when you and I talk about Jesus, his life was not as you and I would say, uh, perfect and blissful, pain-free, opposite. he had opposition. You need to remember that. Let me, let me show you an, another case of opposition. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable 
sinners. That is way too politically correct to just pass it by. Sometimes when the original writer wrote stuff and then we translated it into English, we kind of like smooth it over. We don't want to offend a lot of people. And sometimes it gets lost in translation. Disreputable sinners. Uh, Let me help you. At the dinner party, where thieves, like proven thieves, like hold on to your wallet as you're eating, there were prostitutes, there were traitors, like national traitors. There were, there were horrible people, and the Bible calls them disreputable sinners. You just need to know. Socially, unaccepted people. But when the Pharisees saw this, like who Jesus was hanging with. They asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Those are some strong words, huh? I wonder if you've had a a church experience where, where someone treated you like you were scum. You need to know that that's that is an error, that is, that is bad that someone treated you that way, and it's not new. And look, look at Jesus' response to this opposition. So good. When Jesus heard this, he said, not, oh, you're right, we should go. Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Yes. If you don't like Jesus yet, you should. I mean, he just... He just looked in the face of people who were just flat out hating and, you, and were just meet, calling people scum and said, mm, that's neat what you said. You need to zip that lip. He didn't literally say that, but you know by what he said, he did that. He had opposition. What have you been doing with your opposition lately? I know you have a problem. We all do. I know you have something in your life that's not going the way that you want it to go and you're wrestling with it. And we get some evidence, some help from Jesus. Look what Jesus did at probably one of the most extreme moments in all of his life. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. If if you're new to the Bible, don't worry, let me help. He is being crucified, being killed, being murdered for for things that weren't even wrong. He was totally, totally fine. And while he's being murdered, while he's being killed, he says, Father, would you forgive him? Can we for a second just internally at least admit how difficult that is? In the face of opposition, when someone wrongs you, when when someone unfolds you, like, I hate this. But look what Jesus did. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. Here's, in case you missed it, here's what Jesus just taught you and I. Opposition can be an opportunity. And many of us have neglected this. Many of us, the opposition has so much of our brain power right now that the problem, the difficulty, what you're walking through has, so, has commanded all of your attention so much that it's, it's not, you don't see it as an opportunity. It's just get out, get done, quit, be done. And that's our prayers. Many of us, that's our we're praying right now. God, just stop this. Like, fix this, fix this, fix it. What if it's an opportunity for you? 
Now, many of you, especially if you're in like some majorly difficult time right now, you're like, uh, I do not see any benefit to what I'm walking through. Okay? Then let's, let's let the brother of Jesus teach us something. I mean, I, imagine growing up as Jesus' brother. You come home and be like, hey, mom and dad, I, I got an A on this. And they're like, ah, that's cool. Have you talked to Jesus yet? Heard what he did today? And you're like, and you, not, okay. So anyways, well, here's what we know. Jesus taught his brother stuff. And inside of this, it's powerful. James is his name. Dear brothers and sisters, what I learned from Jesus is, I mean, I, I can't prove that, but I'm just putting that in there. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Some of us right now are sort of like, you have no idea what I'm going through. There's no possible way that I can fake a smile in this. Just, just give me time. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. According to this, when you and I face opposition, there is a major opportunity that can actually bring us a ton of joy. What's been your current response as of late to opposition? I, I can tell you what we've been experiencing in our family. I, I've got permission to share this with you for those of you who are like, he's going to tell some stuff on his family. I, I know that, that, that I have an often, I've talked to you about working out, sometimes I want to quit that, but, but, um, but Ellie, our, our daughter, she's been taking ice skating lessons. Um, she's not learning it any of it from me, just so you know. Uh, she's taking ice skating lessons, and if you don't know anything about ice skating lessons, I only know because I'm learning through her that, that there's these stages that you, in essence, graduate from, you know, one, two, three, you know, okay. So, so and you have to test to get out of the current stage that you're in to get to the new stage. Well, I, one particular night, she came home pretty brokenhearted because she didn't pass that test to go to, the, to that next stage. Now think about this, wouldn't it? For if you're a parent or not a parent, think about what you do. Some of us are like, you go get ice cream is what you do. Right? No, but that's the, a little bit further down the road. Like think about what you do. Your, your, kid, your kid or, or someone around you, they're, they're doing something good. And, and, then, and then they have this opposition and you're like, okay, what do we do? Well, we begin to teach, Ellie. And, and here's, what, here's what you know. Our, our response to opposition is to either... Uh, give up or get up. You know that, right? You, you, you know that, that whatever you do, whenever you face a smaller, smaller like a major moment, you, you begin to process, okay, okay, um, what am I going to do? Am I going to keep going or, or, or is it over? And you got to know, and, and I asked her permission. She, she did say, I would like to stop ice skating lessons, okay? We've had, our, our other kids have done similar things where, we're like, in the middle of a soccer game, I'm done. We're like, mm, no, you're not. So we did. I remember one of our kids, we, we, and I, judge me later, whatever. Now, you can't quit. You, at least, you have to go at least stand on the edge of the sideline because you can't quit. And um, he did that, literally just stood there. And we're like, all right, this is where this is going. Begin to talk to Ellie, like, Ellie, this is a big deal. By the way, 
not to become an Olympic skater. But you, you know the lesson here. here here's, here's, what, here's what we're teaching. Stop, stop throwing opportunities away because you don't like opposition. This is, I'm, just, I'm bringing you into our home. These are the conversations we're having with our kids and frankly with ourselves at different times. You know, stop throwing away opportunities just because you hate the opposition. And so we had the conversation with Ellie, like, hey, we think you ought to keep going. Not so that one day you're on TV skating for the Olympics, but so that one day when you're at work and you don't like how work went that day, that you don't just quit and then go, what do I do now? Or when you're in a relationship and you're married and you're like, yeah, and you have that fight where you don't want to talk to each other anymore. You don't just say, I'm done forever. That's where we want her to win, right? That's, that's major. So in these moments, we begin to craft in a kid the character that can take on opposition. I think many of us know that there's a lot of adults who don't quite have this. So uh, just to give you a little bit more detail to the story, she hasn't quit. She's still going after it. And we're not looking that she make money for mom and dad, which, I mean, that would be fantastic. But uh, no, no. I, want her to, I want her to have the opportunities God has set for her. And if you and I don't win this whole obstacle thing, this whole threat thing, this opposition thing, we begin to lose some of that. So let's get more into some of the, the wins here. Uh, so let it grow. If you, if you are like, let what grow? Uh, well, we already talked about it. Endurance. Let your endurance grow. When you face opposition, you have to endure it. You should endure it. Endurance is a big deal. You should be going after endurance. So let your endurance grow. Okay. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That sounds amazing and impossible. Right? The word perfect? Hey, if you just endure, guess what? You're going to be perfect. Some of us are like, I'm out. I'm, I'm okay. That, I'm out. Because you know what you and I, as, especially as Americans, think when the word perfect comes up? Flawless. Flawless. A lot of times if, you, if someone says, you know, how'd your day go? You, you don't say typically, perfect. Because we're thinking, well, there was this one little moment. or it, It's not flawless. When the Bible begins to spell out all these wonderful things about God and how to live life, the Bible's not interpreting perfection as Flawless, and, and we, need to, we need to learn this. So, so let's get into some of the, the nerdy language. For those of you who hated like foreign language class, come on. Give me two minutes. Here we go. Teleos, which means perfect. That's the word that was originally put right there in the verse where it's like, okay, okay. Uh, you need to be perfect. You're going to be perfect. If you endure, you will be perfect. That's the word. That's the original word. But you can forget this word. A teleos person is mature, fully grown. So, so in other words, that when you look at a tree that's fully grown, they would say, it would be written in the Bible, that, that that tree was perfect. You'd be like, that tree's not perfect. I can see a broken branch right now. It's not perfect. Again, it's not, no, fully grown, mature. You need to see what the Bible's trying to help us understand. That you need to be mature. 
that you have a completeness that you ought to be going after. And if you don't go after it, you're going to miss out on some things in life. Here, uh, let's, let's use this word just a little bit more. Being teleos makes you ready for the task God created you for. Let, let me help you. Being perfect makes you ready to do what God wants you to do. And you're like, see, see. Is that not what church and sermons have a tendency to feel like? Hey, if you're perfect, you're going to land right where God wants you to. No. If you're mature, if you're growing, you can do what God has designed for you. And the only way for you and I to actually get to maturity is to endure some of, can can I just call it the junk that you and I have to walk through? The bad news from the doctor. The trouble in a relationship, the difficulty with grades, the dreams that are becoming far more difficult to get to. If you quit, I'm telling you, you're going to miss what God intended for you. I know, uh, because I've had these conversations with my kids, these are not their favorite ones. But if you want to do what God designed for you, you got to wrestle down what you quit. One of my favorite writers says this, endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory. Um, So endurance is not going, all right, Pastor Sid, I just need to deal with it. So I'm going to walk around with this for the rest of my life. Just going to wait it out. Just going to endure. Every conversation I have, I'm going to say, do you see this right now? Just going to deal with it. This is not, no. God's not allowing you to go through opposition just so you deal with it. He's not a mean God going, oh, you need to hurt a little bit. Carry this for a while. Recently, I had a conversation with the Fountain Springer, um, very recently. And uh, she got she got bad cancer news. Um, we were in the lobby that day, and I, I knew about the news and had been praying for her. She knew that I knew about the news, and so basically conversation started with a hug. And we just hugged for a while. The news by human standards um, isn't promising. So we just hugged. Out in the lobby, both of us uh, had wet eyes. And there's, there's no words I can say to a person who's wrestling with that. I think cancer is horrible. I hate cancer so much. You probably do too. I have way too many people in my life dealing with cancer, and I despise it. I pray regularly, God, would you just take it away? I'm sick and tired of hearing about cancer, cancer, cancer. And then I've got a friend in our church who's got bad news and my heart is breaking, her heart is breaking. And I'm wondering in this, I wonder how she's really doing, really doing, you know what I'm talking about? Like really doing. So after we hugged for a while, you know what she said, it still gets me. She said, you know what? If there's a way for God to use 
what I'm physically going through to help someone find spiritual life, I'm okay with it. And I'm like, wow. This quote from this guy, William Barclay, is getting after that. Don't just deal with it. Figure out a way that God can even be glorified by it. We just entered um, some really mature conversations. In fact, uh, what I would call her is a fighter. Yeah? I'd call Jesus a fighter. Anyone who, who doesn't just lay down and say, blah, they're fighters. And not all of us have done that. In fact, let, let, me, let, me, let me show you a comparison just to help us get to where we need to get. Some people say, I'm facing opposition and I'm a victim. I'm going to live as a victim. I'm not saying if you are a victim one time that you're not allowed to be there. But many of us are living this way. Or a fighter. Let me show you the different victim. A victim just gives up. It's just like, I'm not even going to go after this. Fear is the decider. The bad news, the bad prognosis, the, what the person said, what could, that's the decider. Relief is the goal. The prayers are constantly just relieved, just relieved, just relieved, and it feels like a curse. Most of us have been here. A fighter sees the same situation differently. They get up, not because they're unaware of what's going on. They get up because faith is the decider. What can happen, what, what God could do with this is the decider. Endurance is the goal. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this. And they see it as an opportunity. Just for a second, in the midst of your opposition, whether you're there now or it was way, way back, I wonder where you've landed. And Jesus has so much to teach us on this. What are you doing in the midst of your opposition? Is it defeating you and winning? Don't let it. In fact, let me, let me finish up our time with a couple of, of things that Jesus would teach you and I about, like practical stuff. Like sometimes, you know, we go to church and we're like, there's this idea, but we don't know how to get to the idea. Let me help build a bridge to the idea of facing opposition. Here's the first one. Don't ignore the difficult. The answer is not to be like, I don't see it. I don't see it. I've tried to do that with working out. I don't know where the gym is. I, I forgot. Sorry, Willie, not coming. Totally forgot we were supposed to be working out today. No, you don't, you don't ignore it. Isn't that sometimes what we, at least in church, if you have a problem, like don't talk about it. It means that you're just really down and, and not, not believing God's big. You can, you can be aware of your difficult. You don't have to pretend like it's not there, that it didn't hurt, that you don't want it. Be honest. You know how I can give you permission for this? Jesus. Let, let me show you what, what Jesus said, his own words. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. It appears as though he's not completely ignoring the difficult. Just for a second, as we read through the Bible, sometimes it's so fast, and it's like Jesus is awesome and cool and whatever. And we, no, no, he just acknowledged that his opposition, his suffering, he doesn't like it. Christians, would we, can we please stop ignoring 
reality that cancer sucks, that getting fired hurts, that a breakup is heartbreaking, that hard financial times are stressful. Let's stop ignoring that all of that stuff doesn't affect us. Yes, it does. That affected Jesus, going, I don't like this suffering. That's step one. Whatever opposition you have, you are free, permission by Jesus, to acknowledge it. But then he says, after acknowledging it, yet I want your will to be done. Not mine. Acknowledge it. But do what I would call be willing to play the long game. I can get a bit more uh, what we call Christianese. Dwell on eternity, not the temporary. That whatever you're walking through, you need to know that there is eternity on the line. And eternity is a lot longer than the temporary. Jesus in the midst of suffering going, I don't like this, I don't want this. In fact, if there's another volunteer, but I'm gonna do it, I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna go through this because of eternity, because there's a bigger game plan, a bigger agenda. Whatever you walk through or are walking through, Eternity is a bigger deal. I don't say that insensitive. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, my, my mom is fighting cancer. I'm not trying to be insensitive. What I'm trying to help you and I understand, I don't want you quitting. I don't want you giving up and missing an opportunity that somehow in the midst of your mess or my mess that God can actually do some work in it. But we have way too many Christians at the moment of problems and opposition where like we're silent and we're out. And we're not letting God or other people begin to be a part of a miracle. In this series we're going to talk about Jesus the healer and the cool miracle stuff, that kind of thing. Can we be mature enough to say that all of us walk through stuff that we don't like to walk through and we all need a bit of understanding and wisdom, guidance, call it that, that we need to like, what do I do though when life is not amazing? We copy Jesus, admit that it's not amazing, and then figure out how to let God get glory in it. My friend who is a part of this church We don't know what her future looks like. But I know every day she's going to say, God, I don't want this, but do something with this. I challenge you to do the very same. You may not like what you're going through, and that's way okay. But would you start asking God, God, would you do something with this, through this? And he will. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, I know, uh, I know things that I don't know. I don't know the specifics of all of the opposition that each of us are walking through. But I know that we're all walking through stuff. 
God, you know every detail. You weren't surprised by anything that any one of us has ever walked through. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would help us get through, walk through our opposition. Whatever difficult is playing out, Lord, would you, would you comfort us in the midst of us and help us to glorify you with it? Lord, I pray for those who are really wrestling with what to do and how to do it. God, give us wisdom and discernment. But Lord, we, we decide today, I think as a church, whatever we walk through, Lord, use it for your glory. Help people know who you are through it. That's what we pray. So we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.